Welcome to The Scoop, an informational podcast for graduate students in the College of Music at Michigan State University. My name is Susan Hookstra, graduate advisor and your host. Today, we are talking about a topic important for our doctoral students, comprehensive exams. We welcome Michael Callahan, Associate Professor of Music Theory and Chair of the Theory Area, and Kevin Bartik, Professor of Musicology and Chair of the Musicology Area. Gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. It's nice to be here. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're here, but we have a lot of information to cover. So we're going to dive right into our topic by reviewing some of the details regarding taking the exams. So first of all, doctoral students who need to take comprehensive exams in music theory and musicology are all DMA performance students, including DMA collaborative piano, DMA composition students, but also composition students have to take an exam in composition given by their area. DMA in conducting, Conducting students should contact their applied teacher about the additional exams they will need to take related to the student's area of conducting. If you're listening and you're a PhD student, you do not need to take the comp exams in music theory and musicology. However, you are required to take a comprehensive exam in music education. For more details on those requirements, please see the MSU Graduate Handbook and consult your academic advisor in the music education area. You can always find information online in the College of Music website under For Graduate Students. Exams are offered three times a year, late in the fall, spring, and summer semesters. You can find out exact dates of the exam on our College of Music website under For Graduate Students Information and Dates. Students must pass their comprehensive exams within five years of the start of the degree. They should also be enrolled in at least one credit during the semester they take the exam. Degree requirements for all DMA students include two musicology courses and three theory courses, all at the 800-900 level. Students who have completed their master's degree at MSU only need to take two theory courses during the DMA. When selecting your courses, be aware that the questions on the exam will be from those theory and musicology courses you took here at MSU. Eligibility. A student becomes eligible to take one or more of the exams when finished with or in the last semester of coursework in that area. For example, if you are taking your second musicology course in the spring, you would be eligible to take the musicology exam in the spring. If you are in your third theory course this semester, you would be eligible to take the theory exam this semester. An eligible student may attempt either one or both parts on any given test day. Registration. To, to, register, to register, you will receive an email announcing registration is open. You will be provided a link to a Google form to fill out. Once registration closes, which is typically about a month or so before the exam, you will receive a confirmation email from Ms. Huckster or me stating you are officially registered. Be aware that you must meet the deadline for registration. There are no exceptions and you cannot show up the day of the exam if you have not registered. Once you receive your confirmation, be sure to look carefully at the attached email as it will provide you additional information regarding how the exams 
will be administered. So, Professor Callahan, Professor Bartik, do you have anything to add to any of those about the process? I think that outlines it really well. Um, it's it's maybe a strategic decision whether to attempt both parts on the same day or um, instead to study for one in particular. I, I think that's something to talk with, with you about, Ms. Hoekstra. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, also, I want to stress the, the importance of, of watching the deadlines for for registration because you must be registered to, to take the exam. Professor Bartik, we've got this information downloaded. But so tell me, what can students expect on the museum? Musicology exam. Sure. So the comprehensive exam in musicology is an essay-based exam. You'll receive one essay question per class that you've taken. So for almost everyone, that means two essay questions. There will be an essay question for every 800 or 900 level musicology class, except Music 830, which is the research methods course. You can choose to answer one or both questions. Because there's a lot of writing involved, we allow you to use a computer to type your response, but in a controlled environment. On the day of the exam, you'll come to a computer lab and access the exam through D2L under the supervision of a faculty member from the musicology area. When you log into D2L on the day of the exam, you'll find questions from the courses that you've taken. You'll then type your response uh, or responses if you choose to answer both questions in Microsoft Word which means you can also take advantage of the spelling and grammar tools. And then you upload your response to D2L. You have a total of three hours in which to answer one or both of the questions, but you're not allowed to use any outside sources during the exam. So that means no notes, no copies of articles, no uh, Google searches, and so on. And no phones. Correct, no phones. So what is the best way that you would say somebody should prepare for the exam? Uh, I think there are at least three important things to keep in mind here. Uh, first, and this may seem obvious, but keep all of the material from your courses. This includes copies of assigned reading, your notes, any slides the professor might share with you, and so on. It's your responsibility to collect this material during your classes and keep it safe so you can properly prepare for the exam. Uh, and second, and this might also seem obvious, but make sure that you're taking notes on everything during your classes. This might seem obvious during uh, any lecture portions of, of a course, but many of our graduate classes in musicology feature a lot of discussion. And you should be taking notes here as well. This is always important. Uh, some of us in the musicology area will also ask you to prepare summaries or abstracts of assigned articles and books. Make sure to keep these and even think about updating them after class discussions. Having a good set of notes will be a huge help to you when you prepare for the exam. And then finally, when you're preparing, keep in mind that the question you will get will always address some big theme or topic of a course. In other words, the questions aren't designed to surprise you. You should, in fact, be able to anticipate them. Return to the syllabus and look at the unit and class headings. These will often clue you into the big themes in the course. And you should be imagining and anticipating questions along these themes. Uh, and one last note, the professor that taught the class can be a big help too. All of us during our classes will make a point of highlighting the big themes and big questions that motivate our courses. Listen for these. And of course, you're welcome to contact your professors as you prepare. We won't be able to discuss the content of the exam with you, 
but if you have specific questions about class material, your professor will always be happy to help with those. And tell me a little bit about like the course objective that's usually in the syllabus. Is that helpful for students to, to look at that to get to those main themes you mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. The, the course objectives and, and course goals, uh, these, the ways they're set up in the syllabus will vary by instructor sometimes, but those, those are also good things to, to look at too. Good. And then to pass the exam, they, there's two questions. They have to pass just one. Correct. Yeah. So, so to pass the exam, you need a passing grade on at least one question. That means you can decide to put all of your eggs in one basket and study for only one class and answer that one question. Or you can answer two questions, but you need to pass only one to pass the exam. Um, so what do you have to do to pass a particular question? Uh, this may sound like obvious advice, but please make sure you answer the question. Uh, the exam questions often have multiple parts and ask for sometimes specific examples. Uh, for instance, the question might ask you to cite two musical works or cite two readings from the course, and you want to make sure that you address all of those parts of the question. Um, also make sure you don't do what I like to call an information dump, which is writing everything you remember from the class in the hope that some of it is relevant to the question. <laughs> <laughs> so you might also be wondering about the length of your essays. Um, so there is no specified length. Uh, but you should take as much space as you need so that you feel that you have thoroughly answered the question to the best of your ability. That being said, I can say that it's unlikely that you could thoroughly answer any of the exam questions in an essay that's shorter than about two double-spaced typed pages. But again, your guide should be that you feel that you have been as, as thorough as you can with the question. Professor Callahan, can you tell us what they can expect on the theory exam? Of course. First, let me say, and I know this is true for musicology too, we hope that everybody passes. The best exam days are the ones with 100% pass rate. So there's no desire for any of this to be a surprise. Um, we're not asking students to run through a set of obstacles. So uh, if you have any questions beyond what we address here, don't hesitate to reach out. The theory exam is four and a half hours long, and you have up to three questions that you can answer which means that they're designed to, to be answerable in about 90 minutes each. You have to pass two, at least two questions, in order to pass the exam that day. As Dr. Barty was saying with musicology, there are two strategies here. Some students just attempt two questions, spend extra time on them, and then they rely on needing to pass both in order to pass the exam. Other students attempt three questions and only need to pass two of them. I recommend attempting three. I think it gives you the best chance of demonstrating what you can do. It has been a trend recently that most students do only two questions, but it relies on being really solid with both things. And that what we know is, is that that's not always the case. It can be helpful to study in three areas and attempt all three questions. The questions correspond to courses that you have taken in the theory area. Every course, 800 or 900 level course in music theory has a question associated with it. The only exceptions are when two courses address the same topic or set of skills at two levels. So uh, for example, there are two instrumentation orchestration courses that share a question there are a few other pairs like this. Keyboard skills is another. There are two different keyboard skills courses, but they share a question. 
this is relevant to those of you who have decided in your course planning to take two levels of the same subject because they will give you access to just one comprehensive exam question. So just make sure that you're aware going into the exam of which questions you'll be prepared to attempt. It might be three. It might actually be just two if you've taken three courses, but two of them share a question. If a student does their master's here, okay, they only take two theory classes in the doctoral level. They've probably taken two in their, un or in their master's level. So they're going to be able, provided for questions for those four different classes they took. But obviously they only get to answer three. That's right. Those students who have done another degree here in some ways are overprepared for the comprehensive exam because they're welcome to, to look at any of the questions for any of the courses that they took uh, as either doctoral or master's students. And actually, it's an important strategy at the beginning of the exam session to look at all of them, decide which three to answer. A few other notes about the exam format. It's in a large lecture hall. There are many questions that have um, audio associated with them in cases where you're asked to write about a piece of music or a passage of music and annotate a score. Those always have an audio track associated with them. And there's a listening station where you can come up. You'll have several opportunities during the four and a half hour block to listen to the audio for, for whatever that question is. You also will have access to electronic piano keyboards in the room for um, any questions that might ask you to do some composing. The written portions are handwritten. That's different from musicology. And there are some questions that will ask you to write short essays, more often long paragraphs or a couple of paragraphs at a time rather than long essays. And like musicology's exam, there are no notes or outside resources allowed. For preparation, I, I think your time is best spent doing the work that you did in the course. So if the course was mostly about composing, spend your preparation time composing. If the course was mostly about analysis, spend your time analyzing pieces, including revisiting the ones that you worked on during class. I think making sure that you are still able to do the large projects from a course is a great way of preparing. I echo completely what Dr. Bardig said about these questions addressing the overarching synoptic themes and skills of a course. And so read the syllabus, see what the learning outcomes are, make sure that you can do the things. If the syllabus says, by the end of this course, students will be able to read that and make sure that you can still do those. I think in most cases, it means reviewing assignments, learning from comments that the instructor gave you on them, making sure that you would still be able to do them, that you have the tools and the knowledge and whatever apparatus you learned in the course to be able to do those things. Reach out to us. We, we can't preview the content of a question, but we can certainly help you to know how to spend your preparation time so that you're able to go in feeling prepared. Speaking of questions, each semester there's different questions for these particular classes. So there's no talking to somebody in the past who's done it and getting that question, correct? That's right. We, uh, in theory, we, we have a rotation of questions that's meant to 
create a situation where it wouldn't even do anyone any good to remember a question and share it with somebody else. Your best strategy is to reach out to the faculty member and do and just prepare. Uh, don't try to be dishonest. It's not going to help. And then with theory, there's three questions, so you have to pass two to successfully pass. That's right. And just to clarify one thing, we get this question pretty often. You have to pass two questions on the same exam date. So if you pass one and therefore don't pass the exam, students often ask, do I have to do two again the next time or just one? And the answer is two because you've got to pass the complete exam on the same date. Some of the questions I get are, how many times can a student take this exam? <laughs> <laughs> we surely hope the answer is one, right? But yeah. <laughs> well, I know often I will advise students to set themselves up so they take their, ex their classes early, so they can take their exams as early as possible. Therefore, if they don't pass, they have still time to take it again. So I always try to set up your schedule so that you're you've got at least two two or three tries so that your last semester you're not having to pass your pass before you defect. Right. Because your pass have to be passed before you can do your oral defense. What happens if the person doesn't pass? Will they be able to get feedback from you if they don't pass? Yes. So I echo what Professor Callahan has said that it's a really good day for us when everyone passes. But in the situation where you don't pass the exam, uh, you're welcome to contact the professor whose question you, you didn't pass. Uh, we won't be able to go over your response line by line with you, but we can give you some general feedback and also give some guidance as to how you might want to prepare for your next attempt at the, at the exam. Uh, one other thing I'll mention is that if, if you do fail a question, that a professor that wrote the question will then circulate your response and everyone in the musicology area will read it. So if you don't pass the exam, uh, everyone in the musicology area has to agree that it's not a passing uh, essay so that there's some consistency built in. Now students, remember you are eligible to attempt each of the two exams when finished with or in the last semester of coursework in that area. An eligible student may attempt either one or both parts on a given test day. If you take both exams and pass one but not the other, you only need to retake the exam you did not pass. So for instance, if you pass musicology but you didn't pass theory, you only have to take theory again. Yeah, that's right. And I think it informs how you prepare. Of course, if you only have to take one of the exams, that's the one you're going to prepare for, for the second attempt. But also, it's when, when a student does not pass the theory exam, it's most often the case that they passed one question and not the second one. So it's really valuable actually to reach out and find out which question so that you know how to invest your preparation time. And you mentioned that the theory exam is from 1.30 to 6. Remind us how long the musicology exam is. Musicology exam is three hours and it always begins at 9 a.m. and finishes at noon. So students, it is in your best interest to take your theory and music course, ecology courses earlier in your doctoral program in the event that you do need to retake it. Again, all students must pass their comprehensive exams within five years of beginning their degree. Uh, the one question I would like to ask is, what are your thoughts about students taking both exams on both days as opposed to saying, I'm going to take this, the musicology this semester and I'm going to take the theory the next semester? What are your thoughts on that? 
It's a marathon day, no doubt, to do both exams. I think that, you know, if you can get enough sleep the night before, pack yourself a reasonable lunch and get outside and take some deep breaths in between, it's Mm -hmm. certainly possible to do both. There's, as you were saying, there's an advantage to attempting each of them as early as possible, hopefully to get them out of the way on the first swing. So I think everybody knows kind of what they're capable of. It is a long time to concentrate. If you're able to do it and to, you know, sit in a room and and be quiet and focused for that many hours, I would recommend it. What's your, what are your thoughts, Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's possible. It's definitely a marathon. I, I would also give some thought to what your semester looks like. And if you have a very busy semester, if you're still in the classes, it might be good to think about really focusing on one exam because what you don't want to do is be half prepared for two exams. It's always better to be fully prepared for, for one exam. So ask yourself, you know, what am I really prepared for? What do I have time for this semester? And let that be, let that be your guide. And the other thing is that they're in a, their last musicality class, for example, it might be better for them to take the exam that semester because things are fresh. They've been in the middle of studying that as opposed to waiting to the next semester and the next semester. Yeah, and we, we've seen that go both ways. I agree that if it's something you've been thinking about daily for the last 12 weeks, it, it, can, be, it can take less dusting off to prepare for the exam. Sometimes what happens is that if the exam's offered in week 12 or 13 of the semester, it's always the case that the last few weeks of a course are, are really important, often to, to tie threads together or just to get to material that we haven't gotten to yet. So you may find yourself in a situation where, where not finishing the course yet actually makes it harder to answer a question. Um, it's hard to predict exactly when that might happen, but there's, there's no harm in trying. Any other thoughts on that? I don't think so. We, we both want you to do well on the exam. Absolutely. And and my hope is to position you well so that you're not in that situation where you're not having to take too many things all at once and your schedule is crazy. So, uh, Professor Callahan and Bartek, I just thank you for being here. Do you have any other closing thoughts before we, we, we get off the air? Just that passing the comprehensive exam, it's a it's an exciting time and in your academic career. I mean, as a milestone to become a doctoral candidate and then be able to focus on on the interests that you've chosen for lecture recitals and or a, a document, you know, it. you should feel proud of having passed it. And we've seen people that if they if you do pass it, you're more likely to complete the DMA. You're more likely to finish. Yes, so That's <laughs> always sure. a good thing. So, well, The Scoop is an informal podcast for graduate students. So we have other topics that could be of help to you. As you prepare for your exam, we hope this will be helpful to you in your studies. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. And of course, we all wish you good luck as you prepare for the exams. Thanks again for being here, Professor Callahan and Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to be here. Sing along.